0: Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Bread for the broken. Why
1: not use the baskets, quote unquote, within your life to help get the word out there a little bit more? Use the baskets. Don't allow, don't allow those baskets within your life to cover the light, but use them to elevate the light. What I mean by that is be real with people. Be honest with people. If you have struggles, own those struggles. Don't hide those things. and don't Because eventually, the more you try to hide these things, it's going to cover up the light. That basket will flip back on top of you.
0: Wow. What a powerful illustration. Our initial response to the things that we're not proud of or are embarrassed about in our lives is to hide them which is exactly what Satan wants you to do. But Pastor James shares that your baskets can be used by God to bring light to more people in a dark world. God works all things for good and for his glory, especially your bad stuff. He can't make a bad thing good, but when you share and are real with people, He can turn that bad thing into light and hope for somebody else. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Mark, chapter 4, with today's edition of Bread for the Broken.
1: chapter four, we're going through this thing. We've been walking through it verse by verse, chapter by chapter. It's kind of what we do. Um, And we were going through these parables that Jesus was throwing out to, thrown out to the crowd. Anybody that was listening, basically, parables, parable meaning to be thrown alongside, um, alongside of, or alongside with. So you have this kingdom truth, this kingdom principle, um, and there's a very real practical illustration, kind of, that's encapsulating this truth. Most people will hear hear these parables as Jesus was telling his guys. They're going to hear about them and they're going to walk away unchanged, unmoved, all that good stuff. Welcome to church in America, okay? Um, But there are some who want to dig down deeper. They want to know. And that's what Jesus is offering. He's offering it to you today. You showed up at church, um, and I hope and I trust that you're here because you want to grow in your understanding of his word and of who he is, and you, you just want to, you want to know more, not for the sake of head knowledge, but heart transformation. That's the purpose of a parable. So I hope you're one of the ones who are like, but what does that mean? What does that mean? And you can always go to Jesus. I want you to know this. You can always go to Jesus with your questions about his word. Never feel bad about that. Do not hesitate. Do not think it's some sort of like, well, I should have this figured out by now. You're not going to have it figured out by now. I'm going to promise you that. And most people in here, you've been walking with the Lord for any certain amount of time. You already know you're not going to have this thing figured out. There's always more to know. There's more to learn. He wants you to keep coming to him to keep coming to him. So we're, going to, we're almost going to finish out Mark chapter four because there's a storm at the end of this chapter that I do not want to get into today because that story in and of itself is worthy of a whole sermon. So let's talk about these parables. So let's wrap up these parables. We're going to pick up in verse 21. It says, and he said to them, this is Jesus, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or a bed and not on a stand? Nice, simple question. Very practical, and you'd be like, "Well, duh." And Jesus is asking the crowd, all who are listening, "Hey, so when you get a lamp, do you light it so that you can cover it up or hide it away?" And everybody'd be like, "Well, no, that doesn't make sense." And he's like, "Exactly, exactly. Let's talk about a lamp. Let's talk about a lamp. You and I are the clay vessels. We're." earthen jars of clay, right? That's who we are. There's nothing special in that sense about who we are. Very fragile, um, not all that pretty. Well, maybe some, I don't know. But whatever, you get it, okay? Um, We're just the vessel, and we get to hold the most precious thing ever, and it's the oil. Because without the oil, you have no fire. Without the oil, you have no light. Without the oil, the darkness does not disperse. Without the oil, the lamp is just... Just a clay vessel. You and I are meant to contain oil, so to speak. Oil in the Bible, representative of the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to illuminate. You need to shine bright in this dark world. How do you dispel darkness? You be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you don't hide out and you don't cover it up. So he's using, again, just very practical things. He, here's what I've noted about this this little first one here, because there's going to be three total that we go through is a lamp to be brought in to be put under a basket. Um, We don't hide this witness. We don't hide this relationship with Jesus. We don't allow things and circumstances or maybe situations within our lives or maybe even hindrances within our lives to cover this light. And in fact, I got this like little brain picture last night when I was going back over this. That basket, that Obviously, Jesus is saying, you'd be crazy to put that over the light because then that extinguishes and it would put out the light eventually. Here's what I was thinking. That basket could be a representation of anything within your life. I know for myself, practically, there are many things within my life that can be used to cover up the flame, so to speak. For me, More times than not, I mean, it always revolves around selfishness and me, very me-centric at times within my own life. And what that breeds is anxiety within my life. And anxiety can become a basket that I flip over onto this lamp to, I don't know, not meaning to diminish the light, but it's almost as if like, just put the basket on. And the Lord's like, no, 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 you don't do that. So here's what I think in, in kind of studying through this. Whatever that basket is that's referenced within this little verse here, how about you flip that thing on its head and you put the lamp on top of that so that it shines brighter and dispels more darkness? Why not use the baskets, quote unquote, within your life to help get the word out there a little bit more? Use the baskets. Don't allow, don't allow those baskets within your life to cover the light, but use them to elevate the light. And what I mean by that is, be real with people. Be honest with people. If you have struggles, own those struggles. Don't hide those things. and don't Because eventually, the more you try to hide these things, it's going to cover up the light. That basket will flip back on top of you. you know, flip the basket on its head. Put the lamp on top of that basket and say, you know what? Yeah, I'm not perfect. My life has been a mess. I do struggle with stuff. But man, there is power in the word of God there's power and freedom with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to put him over whatever baskets I may have within my life so that the light shines brighter and it gets more light out there. Okay? Just a little thing that as I was just studying through this and I'm just getting a picture of this basket and all this stuff, don't allow these things to come into your life to extinguish this fire. Whatever it is. And I don't know why. I don't even know why I'm bringing this up to you right now. Maybe somebody's struggling with this today. Don't let that thing quench the spirit within your life. Don't let it. Let's get rid of the baskets. Get rid of those baskets. The, lamp is, is, the purpose of the lamp is to be filled with oil so that it can be emptied and then refilled and then emptied and then refilled. And there's a whole point within that as well. You cannot give out what you, what you yourself are not taking in. Remember we started with the parable of the seeds and there's certain ground that there's one particular type of ground that's very receptive to the word of God, right? And it takes in the seed and it, bears fruit. The other ones, you got thorns that come in there and they choke out the seed and there's no fruitfulness. You got the stony ground where there's no depth at all. There's excitement at the beginning, but then when tribulation or persecution comes in, then you're withered because you get scorched by the sun. There's no depth to your life. And then the first one that he referenced was just so hard, so hard that the bird comes through and snatches that thing up. And if we're going with that one, because he says that first parable was key to unlocking all these other parables, we got to take in that word so that you can be fruitful. You want to be fruitful in your walk with Jesus? I hope you do, because if you don't want to be fruitful, then you don't understand what the Bible has to say about following Jesus. Your whole point is to be fruitful. You are a vine. He's, He's the vine. You're the branch. You're connected to him to bear fruit. The, per- the point of a light or a lamp is to be brought into the house so that it illuminates and so that it dispels darkness. You're a clay vessel. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you this. You need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Every day, just ask Him, Holy Spirit, please fill me today. You're that little clay lamp. And I hope you burned out, burned through all the oil that you had yesterday. But yesterday's oil is no good today. You need to be filled again today. Holy Spirit, please fill me. Please fill me. Why? So that you can be useful, so that you provide comfort. We know what it's like to go through those dark nights with no light at all, right? It can be frightening, if we're honest. It can be a little bit unsettling, a little bit unnerving. And there's just something that light, some sort of comfort and warmth that light just brings to the story. You and I, little bitty lamps, we're not the light but we're reflectors of the light. We're little bitty lamps filled with oil so that we can burn and be used within this world. Don't hide out. Don't hide your, you know, your witness and your relationship with the Lord. Don't, don't hide that thing away. Go out into this world and shine. Shine for Him. But no credit to the lamp. The purpose is not to glorify the lamp. The purpose is to glorify the light that is coming from the lamp and the oil that is absolutely essential to the light. So Jesus is like, look, you guys, know what light, you guys know what lamps are like, right? And they're all like, yeah, of course. He's like, okay, so when you light it, don't hide it out. Use that thing. Use it for what it's intended for. You use that relationship that God has blessed us with and is filling with the Holy Spirit for what it's been intended for. And it's not for you. It's for other people. Your relationship with Jesus is not just for you. It can't be. It has to be for others. And you got to take in so that you can give out. And then you take more in so that you can give more out. This is what church should be about. This is why we should be preaching and teaching through the word of God, so that you can get filled up, so that you can go and give it out. And then you come back, whether it's here, whether it's somewhere else, it doesn't matter, the word, you need the word all the time. So that you can give it out because you can't, you can't give out what you're not taking in. And that's a very practical lesson for all of us, especially for 2021 Christians, Western Christians, we need to be taking in the word of God. We have to be. The world doesn't need our platitudes. The world does not need our wisdom. The world does not need our little Twitter quotes and all that good stuff. They don't need that. They need the word of God that has resonated within our hearts. So take it in. And today is good for today what will you do tomorrow? I won't be there tomorrow. Praise God you don't need me every single day of your life. Praise God you have Jesus who has made himself available to you all the time and the Holy Spirit who is here. Praise God that you yourself have, have a Bible and that's why we always, we always stress, get in the word, get into the word. So tomorrow, man, what are you gonna be able to give anybody? Yesterday's leftovers? No, I mean, that might be, suffice, but they, people within your life, whether it's coworkers, family, whoever it is, strangers at Kroger's, they need, they need a, a fresh feeling from you, so to speak. What have you taken in today that you can freely give out that same day? Tuesday, wake up. Holy Spirit, please fill me. As I open up your word, teach me as I read through your word, because I don't understand half of this stuff. If I'm honest, I read through it, and I'm like, ah, maybe I get it. it. It meant something totally different 20 years ago than today, and that's the beauty of the word. But I, want, I just want to keep coming back to the word, and I want to take it in so that I can give it out, right? You may be thinking, well, it's easy for you, Pastor James, because you, this is your job, right? You get to do this. It, this doesn't count, so to speak. It does for Sunday, and it will for Wednesday. But I have a responsibility Monday and Tuesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday to dish out what I'm taking in as well. And pastors, let you a little inside, insider story here, they get caught up and they rely too much on the Sundays and the Wednesdays if they have midweek and this is enough, and this is enough. I'm doing my part, I'm doing my part. I'm not doing my part if I'm not doing it on Monday. Right. It, it's, it, what, what's true for you is true for me. And I, I'm a lamp, you're the lamp, need to be filled with oil so that I can burn every day and hope at the end of the day, I've emptied myself so I can be filled fresh, right? I mean, that's it, that's it, guys. That's the whole thing. That's what Christianity should be like. It's a continual emptying of ourselves. Not what we can get, what we can give, what we can give. That has to be the mentality of Christianity. It has to be because the reverse of that is not attractive and it's gross. And we'll see what that turns out to look like in the last little parable. So he goes on to clarify this a little bit more. Nothing's hidden except that will be made manifest, um, nor is anything secret except uh, to come to light. So Just a heads up, um, if we think we can hide anything from the Lord, uh, you can't, okay? Spoiler alert, um, it's all going to be made known, okay? So just take in that fire, that lamp, that illumination, and number one, Christians, let it start with you. Let it start with you. Are there areas of shadow or darkness within your own self that need to be dispelled, Make sure that lamp burns bright within you first and foremost, before you go and try to share that with other people or expose any. No, no, no. It starts with us first. Revival. We all want revival, but revival starts here. If it doesn't start here within my heart, it's never going to go out there. It'll never go out there. I can't be hiding shadows in my own heart and expect everybody in Galveston to come to the Lord Jesus. Those shadows have to be chased out of my own heart with that light and working in my own life first and foremost. So nothing, you know, nothing is hidden. Don't think you can hide anything and all that good stuff. A good little heads up there. Praise God for Christians, because in the end of it all, there are like some judgments that will be happening. And um, and I've always heard it described as like these, like the jumbotron kind of a thing. And yeah, well, here's every word you've ever said. And I praise God that I am in Christ and that on that day, I'm like... It, you know, it's all covered, man. It's all covered. Now, my sins will not be broadcast on some jumbo screen. I don't even think that's true. But if that's true, I'm like, oh, praise Jesus that my life has been hidden in you and I'm covered by your, son, by your blood. Whew, but what a day for those who are, um, what a day for those who are, man, they think they're good. And remember, remember those within this audience, there's a lot of religious people within this audience that Jesus is speaking directly to, and they don't get it they don't get it. They think they're fine. I got no secrets. I got no secrets. I'm not hiding anything. Verse 23, if, any th- if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Um, this term here is, is used 13 times within this within this chapter of Mark, Uh, meaning that's pretty significant. (laughs) That's a lot. And that's Jesus kind of like dealing with, you know, kids, like teenagers, right? He's like, I need you to listen. I need you to listen. Are you listening? I I heard you. No, 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 no. I don't, not hear. I need you to listen because they're two different words. Like, I know you heard audibly words passing into your ear canals and all that good stuff, but I need you to listen for a second. I need you to push Pause. Remove the distractions. In case there are any thorns within your heart that want to choke out this next word I have to say, I need you to listen. He says, if anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. And you do. You have two. One mouth. Do the math. There's a purpose, and there's a reason behind that, okay? And praise God for that. Two ears. Do more listening than you do talking, all right? If you need a good practical lesson, do more listening than you do talking, Okay, he says, pay attention to what you hear. Pay close attention to what you hear and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you and still more will be added to you. For the the one who has, more will be given. And for the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And we're like, what? (laughs) And so let, let me break it down. He's like, to the measure that you hear or to the measure that you have, to the measure that you use, how much? How much understanding and word do you want? I mean, that's up to you. How much do you want? Are right, if you're if you're content with like a verse of the day every day, then that's what you'll have. But well, would you want more? Well, you can have more. Do you want more understanding? You want to grow in knowledge and understanding of the Word of God? Well, you can have more knowledge and understanding if you're willing to apply yourself if you're willing to sit at his feet if you're willing to press in a little bit more but if you're good with just a little bit you can have a little bit but know this if that's all you're ever satisfied with concerning the word which the word is represented by the seed in the first parable if you're content with just a little bit well that's fine but just know that there might be a time where that little bit isn't happening anymore and what Jesus is doing is he's throwing out this somewhat of an invitation, a little bit of a challenge there of like, do you want more? Because if you want more, I'll give you more. But it's up to you. How far do you want to go? How far within this relationship do you want to go? It really is up to us. And we sit here laying back like, like, Jesus, give me more. And he's like, well, get off your rear end and come with me. And let's, I'll give you more. No, 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 Jesus, me. Yeah, no, well, who's the Lord in this relationship? You want more, well, then show up and sit at his feet. He'll take you deeper. He'll give you more understanding. Will you understand it all? No. The moment you think you do, you need to repent of your pride and your arrogance because you don't know it all. You'll never understand it all. But you can know more. You can know more. I remember reading this quote from, uh, I used to have it in my office in Amarillo, um, it was uh, from R.C. Sproul, and, and basically it says this, um, you know, we don't, we, we don't like get into the word and, and study the word uh, and become like students of the word because it's too difficult to understand or, or this. He goes through a list of reasons. He's like, we don't press into the word of God because we're lazy. And I had that plastered on my wall as I was a youth pastor in Amarillo, Texas, because it was true for me because I would find myself naturally just relying on what I already had and what I already had could only carry me so far. And the Lord's like, do you want more? Do you want to grow? I'm good. I'm good, Lord. I'm just going to camp out here with what I already have. Well, but that's only going to last you so long. What you have will eventually be taken away. Do you want more? Yeah, I want more. Quit being lazy. Quit being lazy. I don't know if that's a harsh word for today or not, but I think we need more harsh words, so to speak, that are encouraging us to press on in our relationship with the Lord Jesus. Do not be lazy Christians. Open up the Word. Get into the Word. Study the Word. Man, you can't get enough. I cannot get enough of this book. I cannot get enough of this book. It always... I mean, it just amazes me every time. I, I mean, I've read through and preached through and said through Mark chapter four, I don't know how many times, but I come back to it with fresh eyes and I'm like, oh man, Lord, this is so good. You're so good. I want more. I never, and he, that's the beautiful thing about following the Lord Jesus. He will never cease to amaze you. He will never cease to amaze you. So, Let's go into this next little parable. It's kind of connected to the first one a little bit. There it says in verse 26, "The kingdom of God is as if, as if a man scattered seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises, uh, and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. Right? The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain uh, in the ear. Obviously, speaking of wheat here. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle." Uh, because the harvest has come. So he's basically saying, he's like, look, here's what I want you to know. Because the first sower of the seed in the first parable was Jesus. And now he's kind of delegating this responsibility onto his followers. He's like, now you're the farmers. Now you have the seed. Now here's what I want you to do. Go out and spread the seed out there. Well, should I stay up all night and stress and just, you know, set up a little camp around this one little spot where I planted all these seeds and just try to make this happen? You're not going to make anything happen. If it's the Lord, if it's his work, if it's his will, it's going to happen. Whether you stress or lose sleep about it doesn't matter because if it's his will, it'll happen. We get stressed out over so much stuff in Christianity. It's crazy. It's crazy. What are we trying to make happen? You're going to try to make that plant grow faster? You're not able to. I don't know what mutant powers you think you may have to make plants grow faster, but it's not happening. I'm just going to sweet talk this thing. I'm going to sweet talk it, sing it beautiful songs. It's like, it's going to grow when it grows. You just have to give the seed out.
0: Thanks for joining us today here on Bread for the Broken. You've been listening to Pastor James Grizzle as he teaches through the Book of Mark, one of the accounts of Jesus' time here on Earth. Though it's short, this book is powerful, as it's filled with encounters that Jesus had with people, everyday people just like you and me. And the book of Mark reminds us that Jesus came to serve. He humbly did what needed to be done, even if it wasn't glamorous. Jesus healed the people who were sick. He spent time with the lonely and the rejected. He loved the unloved unconditionally. And then he proved his love by the ultimate act of service. He gave up his life for all of us. He took the place of every person on the earth and then those to come because we all deserve death. Our sins make us unacceptable to God and we're unable to do anything to fix it. That's why we need Jesus. Today, if you haven't allowed Jesus to be your Savior, please consider it again. If you have questions or would you like to talk more with someone? Then please take a moment and go to breadforthebroken.com and click on contact. Just fill out the form and we'll be in touch with you. You can also come visit us if you're in the Galveston area. Bread for the Broken is a ministry of Calvary Galveston and we meet every Sunday and Thursday. So find out more at breadforthebroken.com. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Next time, Pastor James will pick up where he left off in the book of Mark. So make a note of where we are and make plans to join us next time here on Bread for the Broken.
2: Let me paint the picture of you.